Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. Welcome to The Clarion, a brand new podcast series where I will tackle different methods of communication. This podcast is sponsored by Spotivity, the app that connects parents and students to after-school activities across Chicagoland with just the push of a button. My name is Josh Schaefer, and I am a communication studies major here at Loyola University Chicago, and as a communicator and rhetorician, I believe it's extremely beneficial to not only myself to supplement my understanding of the industry, but also to be able to educate my peers to conceptualize historical aspects of communication so that we can truly grasp the direction the industry is going. So because I love using every possible opportunity to force people to listen to me, I decided what better form of dead media to start off with than the town crier. You may have some knowledge on what the town criers are through some pop culture references, such as the character Samuel Seabury in the popular, and extremely expensive, musical Hamilton. Hear ye! Hear ye! My name is Samuel Seabury, and I present free thoughts on the proceedings of the Continental Congress. Or even snuck into movies like Shrek 2. Examples like these suggest we know the gist of what the town crier is, but let's dive into a little bit of the background of this once widely relied upon method of communication. Before the invention of the printing press around 1440, and still even for hundreds of years after, literacy rates were very low. Up until relatively recently in history, only the high-class, wealthy aristocracy could read, While today, literacy is so widespread that you could just open up a news app or read the newspaper. Before the rise of literacy, some methods to educate or inform were visual, like the stained glass window that provided pictures to common churchgoers to tell Bible stories. But largely, information, news, or entertainment was oral. For example, priests were usually the ones in their towns or villages who could read, and orally reciting scripture was the only way to convey the message of their faith. Similarly, oral storytelling was a cultural centerpiece that connected illiterate people to their ancestors or to teach a lesson, such as ballads. Ballads were songs recited orally with the intent to teach some sort of lesson. And like a bad game of telephone, ballads would often slightly morph generation after generation. It's important to be familiar with these oral traditions because... It was the most influential method of connecting and communicating with each other before the rise of literacy. This background connects us with the critical cultural staple of the town crier. The town crier was essentially a modern-day broadcast anchor. They can be traced back to medieval times, where two town criers were featured in the Bayeux Tapestry, which depicts the invasion of England by William of Normandy and the Battle of Hastings in 1066 but really town criers came into prominence in the 18th century. They were assigned to this position by the monarchs of the region to bring news, bylaws, messages of war, or really any other important information the monarch wanted the public to know. Many times, however, the town crier often carried news that the public did not want to hear at all, 
like declarations of higher taxes. This is actually where the phrase, don't shoot the messenger, came from, because town criers were sometimes physically threatened by townspeople who didn't like their message. Town criers were actually protected by law, however, and their work was done in the name of the monarch, so harming a town crier was considered an act of treason. In addition to their duties as old-time newscasters, they actually had other roles when it came into the towns to deliver the message. According to Ellen Castillo with the Historic United Kingdom, their original role was to patrol the streets after dark, acting as peacekeepers, arresting miscreants, and taking them to the stocks for punishment, and posting their crimes to show why they were there. It was also their job to make sure that fires were damped down for the night after the curfew bell. Even with public hangings and executions, the town crier would proclaim why the person was being executed and would even cut them down. Now, just like me, town criers lived for the drama and the attention. Typically, the town crier would ring a large bell, which is sometimes why they're referred to as the bellman, and wore flamboyant and flashy attire to catch the attention of those in the town. This is why in pop culture references you'll see town criers wearing fancy red coats. Town criers were also required to have incredibly loud, booming voices that could reach listeners that were far away. Kind of like me when I have one too many margaritas, if you know what I mean. The point of having a loud voice was not only practical, but it was also to instill a sense of authority into their proclamation so that the townspeople could take them seriously. This is what I found the most fascinating. Modern-day historical uh, enthusiasts actually have town crier competitions to see who had the loudest voice. Whole Daily Mail's Lucy Leeson reported that at one of these competitions, Northern Ireland school teacher Alyssa Flanagan shouted the word quiet at 121 decibels, setting the world record for the loudest shout. Just for reference, 121 decibels is only a few less decibels than a jet engine. And because I want you to be able to listen to this podcast again, I will spare you the soundbite of her shout. When you think of official town criers, you probably think of them shouting, Hear ye, hear ye, whenever they enter a commonplace. If only that were socially acceptable today, I would announce my presence like that constantly. However, town criers actually would often shout, Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. The word oye is derived from the Anglo-Norman word for listen, or in simpler terms, it's really just an old French word. At the end of their declarations, town criers would proclaim, God save the queen, and nail their message on the local inn. This is actually where the term, I'll keep you posted, comes from, from when town criers would physically post their message in public places. This is the origin of the new name of the name of news outlets, such as the Washington Post as well. While the town crier was largely seen as a staple of British culture, town criers actually originated in ancient Greece. According to the NYU Department of Media, Culture, and Communication, heralds were used to announce the severing of socio-political relationships, which would lead to an official proclamation of war. The herald would also be used to bear proposals of truce or armistice, The synonym for town crier, stentorian, was attributed to the Greek warrior stentor, 
who played a part in the Trojan War and whose voice was as powerful as 50 others. Apart from ancient Greek and Roman influences, many cultures across the globe had their versions of town criers. When Europeans came to the Americas, the role of the town crier came with. According to G.W. James in the Traveler's Handbook to South Southern California, there are records throughout the 16th century of town criers in Mexico, Peru, and Panama, as well as all throughout American colonies such as Santa Fe, New Mexico, Boston, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, which had criers during the mid-17th century. Other non-Eurocentric iterations of town criers are evident in areas like India, Africa, or even Nepal, where the official title is the Catuwal, loosely translated into voice person. These versions of the town criers often carried drums instead of bells, but still served fundamentally similar purposes. As you could imagine, the usage of town criers have died out due to the rising literacy rates and economic booms after the Industrial Revolution that gave many opportunities to become educated. While several town crier guilds still exist throughout the UK, Canada, and the United States, the role of the town crier is not practical as much as it is nostalgic. The history gurus and fanatics partake in organizations that celebrate the role of the town crier, as well as the competitions like I mentioned earlier. Nostalgia plays a very interesting role in the examination of past forms of dead media. The users of the typewriter only use it for the antique blast-to-the-past factor. Similarly, many remaining town criers are not used for convenience, but are used as a way to, persevere, uh, to preserve history to those that are passionate about it. For example, in the interest of preserving history and tradition, an unofficial town crier announced the news of Prince William and Catherine's son in 2013. <laughs> Well, for crying out loud, that's all the time I have today for this episode of The Clarion. I want to thank Spotivity, the app that connects students and parents to after-school activities, for sponsoring my podcast. And I also want to thank you, the viewer, for tuning in, and I look forward to continue to bring quality content to you. God save the Queen!